With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I didn't think it was anything. I had pain in my abdomen. It just wouldn't go away. I was spotting, but I had already gone through menopause. These symptoms may be nothing, but they could be early warning signs of a gynecologic cancer, such as cervical, ovarian, or uterine cancer. Seeing my doctor probably saved my life. Warning signs are not the same for everyone. If you think something's wrong, see your doctor. Ask about gynecologic cancer. Call 1-800-CDC-INFO for more information. A message from the Inside Knowledge Campaign and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keyes. I'm your host, Joy Keyes, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter.com slash Joy Keyes, and you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keyes. And now I'm on Instagram. Yes, lots of cool pictures. You can win a prize. Tag me on Instagram. I just want to say thank you for all the listeners, all your support, past a million downloads of the podcast. Wow, I am so, like, amazed by that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad that you have enjoyed the shows. I hope you've shared them with your friends and family. Again, I just wanted to say thank you for your support. Well, this morning I have two wonderful guests on because today and this month, all this month is Brain Aneurysm Awareness Month. Now, you guys know I'm always trying to do shows to educate people and also myself about topics. I had never knew that there was even a Brain Aneurysm Awareness Month at all, so I was surprised when I found out a coworker, a, a past coworker of mine, uh, had a brain aneurysm and reached out to me and was telling me about this month and the different mar- uh, events that were going on. And I said, "Wow, well, I need to have her on the show." So she's on the show. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Joy. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Terry is a brain aneurysm survivor. Uh, she had one, and she's still here kicking. Uh, and also I have a doctor on the line, uh, Dr. Juma Karras. I know I may have totally messed up the name, but she's from Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. Uh, I connected with her through the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. Thank you to the foundation. Good morning, Dr. T. Good morning, Joy. Thank you for having me. Thank you both again for giving up your Saturday morning to uh, talk about this important issue um, again, I didn't even know there was a Brain Aneurysm Awareness Month. Um, Terry, did you know that there was one before you had an aneurysm? No, I did not. It's crazy. Um, and Dr. T, were you aware? Sorry, go ahead, Terry. Yes, we're actually very involved with the Brain Aneurysm Foundation, and uh, September, actually, not August, is our uh, Brain Aneurysm Awareness Month. And like you mentioned, September, correct. Um, we actually have a lot of great activities, and uh, certainly the walk uh, is one of them. And I believe, Mrs. Robinson, you'll be attending. Yes, I will. And actually, we've had some wonderful, if I can just mention, um, not by name, but wonderful support here in Philadelphia of contributions. I mean, it was just an outpouring that I went to local businesses in my, where I live, and 
they're supporting us with goods and 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 what have you. So that's it, that's so wonderful, and I just you know wanted to mention that. That's terrific, that's and that's great. a very great cause. Well, I just want to let the people know that um, many people, estimated six million people in the United States, have an unruptured brain aneurysm or one in 50 people. So it could happen to you. I also found out recently that Bruno Mars, I believe his mother had a brain aneurysm, or she died of a brain aneurysm. So you may know someone who is affected by it, or someone in your neighborhood at least, definitely, if it's one in 50 people, someone in your neighborhood has been affected by a brain aneurysm. Let's start with Dr. T. Um, What is a brain aneurysm? Sure. So a brain aneurysm, just to describe it in layman's terms, uh, you can think of it like a balloon on a blood vessel wall. So it's like a little blister on the blood vessel uh, within the brain. Um, That blister, unfortunately, can rupture. It can um, open and leak blood, and that's the devastating side effects of having a ruptured aneurysm or what we call a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Now, I was reading, Dr. T, that... um there aren't a lot of signs or symptoms, and that's the problem, that it doesn't cause signs and symptoms until it's almost too late. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct, and that's why, unfortunately, aneurysm rupture is such a devastating event. Um, Sometimes, unfortunately, not frequently, the patient may have what we call a sentinel headache or a warning headache. And typically, this headache is described as acute onset, and it's the worst headache of one's life. It may or not be associated with nausea, vomiting, and sensitivity to the lights, which unfortunately, uh, for those of you that are migraineurs out there, that is a very common presentation of a typical migraine, which is why oftentimes these warning headaches, uh, unfortunately, may not be really taken seriously because we don't really know it's a warning. But for the majority of time, unfortunately, the patients don't have any symptoms until they rupture. Um, and following the rupture, unfortunately, there's devastating side effects. As you may have heard, um, about close to 50% of patients don't survive the original rupture, and the ones that do survive have devastating side effects, and about 60 to 70% of them may have a severe deficit after the rupture if they survive it. I was reading that some of the symptoms that people, again, sound similar to other health issues, a droopy eyelid, possible double vision, uh, pain behind the eye, uh, dilated pupil, uh, numbness or weakness on one side of the face. Now, these to me almost sound like signs of, you know, you're about to have a stroke or maybe I'm just tired or, like you said, um, in terms of the bad headache, oh, I'm having a migraine. So you may ignore these things. Terry, um, can you talk to the audience about what symptom you had uh, right before you probably had the aneurysm? Yes. Um, I had, as a compliance specialist with an um, healthcare organization, we were doing a, a lot of different programs, and, um, projects, I'm sorry. And I also was enrolled um, in, a mas- in my master's program of human services. So I had a lot of um, different things going on, had just bought a house and just a lot of things going on at one time. And it wasn't unusual for me to have a headache. I mean, tension gives you a headache. But that day was unbelievable. Um, I I had a headache that still yet um, I can't describe it. I It was just undescribable. Uh, my son mm. found me on the floor um, between the kitchen and the dining room. 
And luckily he happened to come down and find me there. So um, that's how initially, you know, it happened to me. I didn't have any, as the doctor said, you know, you don't get a pre-warning, for lack of a better word. Um, and I describe attention headache. I mean, I'm kind of used to them, um, you know, going to school, working, raising children, um, different things you do, you have it. I mean, that's, but I never would have thought in a million years, and and my, unfortunately, was a hemorrhage. Wow. So now, Dr. T, she said hers was a hemorrhage. Can you explain that to the audience as opposed to maybe some other type of brain aneurysm, or can people catch the brain aneurysm before it happens? Sure. And typically, um, that's exactly as Mrs. Robinson said, when the patient develops acute onset of the worst headache of one's life, it's typically a sign that the aneurysm has actually bled. It has ruptured. Uh, sometimes uh, patients can have symptoms similar to what you mentioned, a droopy eyelid, the pupil, the black circle within the center of the eye is dilated. It's enlarged. And that's because of the location of the aneurysm. So certain location of the aneurysms, um, if it's nearby uh, a nerve that does a specific function for the face uh, or the head, then that nerve can get irritated or inflamed. Now, that can occur either because the aneurysm is about to, to rupture or it can occur um, if the aneurysm grows in size. So um, a patient can have symptoms prior to rupture, and certainly that's the best way of detecting an aneurysm because you can treat it emergently uh, and prevent a rupture. So these kind of patients, we basically treat them almost as if they are ruptured. They are absolute emergencies, and, you know, we would not wait a few days or weeks to treat them. We would treat them Im immediately as if they're about to rupture. Um, so that's the difference. Typically the severe headache comes from the aneurysm that has bled. Any other symptoms may or not be associated with a bleed, but it could be a warning that the aneurysm is just about to rupture or it's growing, which is also another concerning uh, symptom. Now, Terry, um, your son, thank God, found you in enough time. You got to the hospital. Uh, yeah. At what point did you wake up and say, what happened? Or where were you? Well, or what am I doing here? <laughs> well, for for me, it I, I can't really tell you what point it was because um, I think when I started to realize something was really wrong with me is when I was in rehab at Bryn Mawr. Um, I don't think that I started to connect. I had to learn to walk and talk again. Um, so, you know, I, I was in ICU for back and forth for some time, as my family um, said to me. So I think later in, in my rehab, when you asked the question, when did I know, I think later in my rehab I started to say something went wrong. I wasn't sure what it was, and, and I'm sure my family and friends talked to me about it, but I still couldn't comprehend it. So um, I'm sure the doctor can talk to you about, you know, the cognitive. I mean, you, you're just not there. And that's exactly Dr. right, Ms. Robinson. Yeah. Um, we actually, it's not uncommon what you described at all. I have had multiple patients that come into the office, and these are patients that I see every morning. Oftentimes, they have a prolonged ICU stay, and by prolonged, I mean 21 days or longer. 
and they will meet me for the first time in the office, and the families are just shocked because they have seen me there every day. I have talked to the patient every day. So the neurocognitive side effects are really as profound as the neurological side effects. In other words, a patient can be walking, talking, and be fortunate enough not to have a devastating side effect but then if you sit down and talk to the family, mm-hmm. they will tell you a lot of neurocognitive deficits. For example, memory is such a high eloquent function that unfortunately takes a hit almost immediately. So short or long-term memory can have an effect. Typically, it's a short-term memory. Uh, other functions like computational skills will have patients that are accountants or um, hold very complex jobs and really they're unable to return to work fully and function like they used to. Uh, personality changes, especially with aneurysms that are located toward the front of the brain, the frontal lobe. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly they can have atypical aggression. Um, they can be temperamental, and families will notice the change. And it's very important for the physician to communicate that with the family and for the families to realize that, unfortunately, these are some of the side effects of having a ruptured aneurysm, Some patients get really sad and may suffer from depression, um, especially when they realize what kind of life-altering event they they have just experienced. And again, very common signs and symptoms, and some of them can be treated. Um, We have wonderful support groups um, here, Jefferson, and I'm sure... Dr. T, let me just bring Terry in on the conversation about some of the things you were just discussing. Terry, Uh do you know how long your rehab was? And also you mentioned you had to go back well, you mentioned to me um, in your email that you had to go back into surgery. Uh, do you know how long your your rehab was, or is, are you still in rehab? Well, I'm, I would say that I'm still in rehab because um, I had home care as well once I left. But I just kind of want to, if I could, I, um, say that when I went back to, I tried to go back to work. I'm a natural fighter, so I, I said, okay, I'll go back part-time. And my speech became very slur, and my walking was off. I had my right eye drooped from the surgery, but it was almost shut. And mm. I went back to my doctors, and they said, you're bleeding again. Let's get back in there. So mm. um, you, if you ask that, um, I'm sorry, I don't remember. I forgot. What That's you okay. Me. That's okay. That's I mean, Dr. T, this is, is, is a typical experience of someone who's had a brain asthma, just like you mentioned, the mem- issue of memory. Absolutely. Dr. T. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, abs- uh, sometimes, like Miss um, Robinson mentioned, the aneurysms may grow again, um, especially um, aneurysms that are really large. They can grow in a rather quick fashion and present with symptoms again, and they need to be very uh, quickly detected and uh, treated immediately uh, to prevent another rupture. Now, is this a genetic genetic issue? Is this environmental? Is this an ethnic? How does someone get a brain aneurysm? Where do they come from? Why do they come from something you're eating? (laughs) Joy, you just hit the $1 million question. If only we had the answer (laughs) to that. Um, yeah, so, and if Christine Buckley is listening, this is something that really uh, a lot of the brain aneurysm research is focusing on from her foundation. Um, but it's basically a combination of factors like anything else. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't yet um, found a genetic predisposition for aneurysms, or, although, um, you know, there are certain studies that are pointing to certain genes. 
but really mm-hmm. nothing definitive that we can screen because certainly everybody's interested in genetic screening. Um, but the, the most plausible theory is that you're born with a brain aneurysm. Unfortunately, um, we don't have a screening MRA in every newborn. That would be every vascular neurosurgeon's dream. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. But most likely you're born with a brain aneurysm and it either stays the same throughout your lifespan and doesn't rupture or sometimes it ruptures, and some of the risk factors for rupture are um, smoking, uh, particularly in women. Smoking can have an additive risk factor of three. So if two identical wow. twins have the same aneurysm, um, then a smoker uh, will have three times the likelihood of the aneurysm growing and leading to a catastrophic rupture. Uh, unfortunately, being a female um, has a three-to-one ri- ratio for aneurysms to rupture, um, so we have uh, an additional should, risk factor. Should somebody factor. get their kids? Dr. T, should um, Harry, did anybody talk to you about maybe getting your children or your sister or anybody screened because you had a brain aneurysm, Terry? Did anybody talk to you well, about something like that? Well, I think um, one of the doctors asked me um, whether anyone else in my family and my mother's sister had a brain aneurysm. And um, actually, it's so, you know, it's so funny. I mean, not funny in the way that laughs, but um, she actually had the same exact thing that I had. She had um, ruptured, and then she tried to get on with living, and then she had to go back in again because of the bleed, and she's on the right side, too. But Mm. hypertension runs in our family extremely on both sides, my father and my mother. So I was diagnosed with hypertension at the age of probably 16 or 17. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Dr. T, does that also affect the potential for the, the brain aneurysm to and birth? Ms. Robinson hit it right on. That was another major risk factor I was going to mention, so hypertension. And it's very important to really incorporate the primary care physicians for post-rupture treatment High blood pressure and smoking cessation are so important to prevent a subsequent aneurysm formation or growth of the existing aneurysm. In terms of uh, family screening, typically a familial aneurysm syndrome, like we call it, it's um, two first-degree relatives with a cerebral aneurysm, and then absolutely first-degree relatives of the patient need to be screened. The screening is very easy. It's an MRA, so it's a a magnet study. There's no radiation or anything toxic associated with it. It's a 15-minute study, and if a patient has an aneurysm, then, like I mentioned earlier, it can be treated to prevent a catastrophic rupture. So, Ms. Robinson, I hope you had your first-degree relatives, which means all your siblings and your children, fully screened because it sounds like you may be um, uh, having that familial aneurysm syndrome. Yes. I, I, I actually, um, I only have um, two children and my son and my daughter. Actually, my daughter is a um, special ed teacher, so she she actually did a lot, a lot of research when I became ill. And um, I think she's still working on the fact that she's going to get screened and my That's son. That's great. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. very important. I mean, it can be emotionally, yeah. I mean, I can imagine, like, you, you, your mom, you see your mom go through it, and then you're thinking, I could potentially, it's emotionally, something mm-hmm. like this can be very nerve-wracking. I want to mention, again, that the uh, Brain Aneurysm Foundation brought Dr. T uh, and I connect, to connect today. I really appreciate Christine Buckley. She's the executive director there. 
I want to mention their website, basound.org. Again, basound.org. Uh, they're also on Twitter. Their Twitter uh, handle is Brain Aneurysms, so you can follow them there. They're actually trying to rally Congress right now to uh, put brain aneurysm awareness uh, on the map and declare it a national month. So you can go to their website and click on the link and um, connect with your representatives in your area to encourage them to do that. Also on their website, they have a lot of events. Terry, you want to tell us about the event that's happening uh, in Philadelphia? Yes, if I, if I may. We're having the first, and I believe it's our first, brain aneurysm walk. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, let me start over. Um, the brain aneurysm um, awareness walk. It's a four-mile run and a one-mile walk um, actually taking place in FDR Park, Sunday, September the 14th. Um, regist registration begins at 8 o'clock, but if you should happen to want to register before you, um, you come and participate, feel free to go on the BA, um, basound.org, um, and you can register there. That's great. Yeah, again, basound.org is the website, and uh, they have a yes. link. It says, you know, looking for local events. Um, and their phone number, if you want to give them a call, is one eight 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 two seven two four six zero two. 272 4602 Again, one eight 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 two seven two four six zero two. 272 4602 Also, you can email them, uh, office at basound.org, uh, to inquire about any, uh, you know, you need information. They have support groups. They have uh, educational uh, information for medical professionals, uh, and also they have grant awards for research for medical professionals. So they're not just helping patients and patients' families, but they're also helping the medical profession. Um, now, uh, Dr. Um, T, how, wow, do you think, and I hate to say this and, and knock on wood, is it a chance that Terry would have another aneurysm? Is she, is she going to have to look for the rest of her life for something like this, or is now that she's had the second surgery, it's fine, and she, you know, or is it just an individual basis? Sure, uh, Terry, if you don't mind me asking, uh, how was your aneurysm treated? Did you have the? I know you originally had the open surgery. Did you also have surgery where uh, they packed the aneurysm from the inside of the vessel through the groin with coils? Yes, the you first did. one. Was, yes, the first one was coiled. Mm -hmm. um, and the second one was, um, you know, they shaved my hair off. The you clip, know. the open surgery. Yes, the open surgery. Yeah, so that's that's a very good question, Joy, and a tough one. But uh, she basically will have a follow-up with neurosurgery for the rest of her life. Um, certainly okay. in the acute phase, the first few years, it's a very close follow-up. Here, Thomas Jefferson will follow our patients every six months with screening, mm. especially patients that underwent the COIL procedure, uh, get a screening MRA and an angiogram. That's similar to the cardiac catheterization where we enter the groin with a catheter to look at the brain okay. uh, to assure that the aneurysm is still secure and it hasn't grown. Um, okay. Even the patients that have undergone a clip, uh, the open surgery, which uh, certainly is a little more definitive, although more invasive, uh, they still undergo an MRA and an angiogram at five years' time. Now, this is for the existing aneurysm, and if that looks okay, typically you still want to see and get some sort of screening study 
every few years and see your neurosurgeon. In terms of her developing or any patient a new aneurysm, we call that de novo aneurysm formation, typically by, um, by the age of 50s to 60s, the patients should have all the aneurysms formed by then. But we do see it rarely, but we do see new aneurysms forming. And these aneurysms are actually also not to be taken very lightly because, as you can imagine, they are new, unstable structures in the making. Yeah. So mm-hmm. very important to very close follow-up aneurysms um, very frequently initially after a bleed and then less frequently but still continue to follow up really lifelong. Wow. Well, this is amazing that you guys are sharing all this great information. I think the key, again, is the screenings. And as you mentioned, I guess uh, neuroscientists or neurosurgeons would love to have the screenings at birth for everyone (laughs) because that's something I did not know either, that you're born with them. So it would be uh, very helpful. I think that we might want to talk to our representatives to institute that uh, in the medical field because it would save so many lives. Now, Mm. if, for example, we only have a minute or two left, Dr. T, if they did find a baby that had a brain aneurysm, what could you possibly do? Is there a medication that a person could take? Is there food that they could eat? Is there a certain place they could live? What should be done if you did find an aneurysm at birth? Sure. Uh, really, the main thing is, is size when it comes to following an aneurysm. We don't treat every single aneurysm. So there's certain sizes above which we really get alarmed. Um, so if it's a very small aneurysm that appears to be benign, in other words, it doesn't have any sister aneurysms and sister balloons that are really concerning, we can follow it. And certainly as the patient grows, uh, monitor for blood pressure and certainly no smoking, any risk factors that could be eliminated, and very close follow-up. These aneurysms should get uh, follow-up with MRAs every year, um, and the patients should really be um, educated to be very alarmed for that severe headache that I mentioned to you, that warning headache. Mm-hmm. If it's a large mm-hmm. enough aneurysm by size, even babies actually do undergo treatment for these aneurysms, especially if they have ruptured. So. Um, that would be great. Early detection, like any other condition in medicine, is key. Now, Terry, again, you're going to be out there next week. Um, could you just let people yeah. know again where they should go for more information about the walk? Yes, certainly. You can um, actually buy, buy um, the website is ba, as in boy, org. Well, feel free. You know, sometimes people don't want to go on a website. They can feel free to call 1-888-272-4602. And I really hope that you will join us in helping us put um, this awareness um, information on uh, using Philadelphia as one of the the, the um, places that we are trying to make awareness. And join us at SDR Park on Sunday, September the 14th. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you so much, Dr. Kate, for coming on this morning. And thank, thank you for, you for uh, continuing to bring awareness because, again, I did not know about this particular issue uh, and that it could be found at birth. Uh, I'm not, not aware that there were no warning signs other than maybe the headache and that some of the symptoms or warning signs are similar to other, you know, health issues. So all this information is very helpful, I think, for everyone. Uh, if you're out there and uh, you, any of these things are triggering uh, memories to you, maybe family members, you might have mentioned 
they might have mentioned to you or you might have had some of these symptoms, go directly, call your doctor and talk to them, hey, I did have this the other day or, you know, I, I noticed this numbness or, and I ignored it. Don't ignore these symptoms that are happening to you. You could save your life. Again, thank you, Dr. T. Thank you, Terry, for coming on today. Oh, thank you so welcome. much for having us. Yes. Oh, you're good welcome. Luck, and also, Hello? Yes, Terry. Good. Yeah, we just wanted to say good luck to you um, for, oh, for your health. Okay, and thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate it. And I think Thomas Jefferson, if I can say real quickly, is one of the most outstanding um, hospitals here in Philadelphia for the support, research, and everything. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Robinson. Wow. I did want to stress the importance of research, so uh, any contribution would be would be great, um, leading toward uh, uh, early detection and uh, prevention for brain aneurysms. I'm going to post, Terry, I have your link about you were raising money for the walk. I'll, I'll tweet that for people if they want to donate, and also I'll put it on Facebook. Um, again, I encourage people to uh, study about this matter because it could save your life. Uh, again, thank you so much, Dr. T. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Okay. You, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Again, you can follow me uh, at Joy Keys on Twitter. You can become a fan on Facebook. Also, I want to encourage you to uh, check me out on Instagram. I'm Saturdays with Joy Keys on Instagram. Um, and you never know. I give away lots of prizes, gift cards, uh, tickets to the movies, uh, dinners. <laughs> So uh, I encourage you to follow, become a fan, or tag me on Instagram. Uh, again, I want to mention to you that you can check out basound.org to learn more about brain aneurysms. I want to say thank you to Christine Buckley. She's the executive director there for supporting uh, the important matter and also connecting me with Dr. T. And I uh, want to encourage you to support Carrie and her walk. I'm going to uh, put out the link where you can donate money uh, to help her with the walk. You guys have a wonderful Saturday. Thank you for tuning in. I didn't think it was anything. I had pain in my abdomen. It just wouldn't go away. I was spotting, but I had already gone through menopause. These symptoms may be nothing, but they could be early warning signs of a gynecologic cancer, such as cervical, ovarian, or uterine cancer. Seeing my doctor probably saved my life. Warning signs are not the same for everyone. If you think something's wrong, see your doctor. Ask about gynecologic cancer. Call 1-800-CDC-INFO for more information. A message from the Inside Knowledge Campaign and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.